Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. Summertime and the living's easy. You have a problem. I have many problems. Yes. <laughs> Let's do Let's, an experiment for this. Let's put your phone down over here. No, I'm going to put it in my pocket. And I'll leave it in there the whole time. You have a problem. I have FOMO. You only have so many hours of life, Zach. Only so many. Let's see what your screen time is. Actually, it's not as bad as you think. I bet it is. I well, okay. So a lot of it comes from when I'm at home and I'm scrolling through Instagram and TikTok. Worst thing I ever did was download TikTok. There's some funny videos on there. I'm pretty sure everybody in China knows everything about me now. They have access to my information. Tell me, man. Shameful behavior. All right. This week on the show, we got news. Plus, we got a uh, screaming at streaming review that Zach forced me to do. We also have my sports reports because we're not going to talk about NBA. And we've also got a movie review, The Flash. Guess what? One of us liked it. One of us was uh, on it. It'll surprise you who it is. All coming up. And uh, with that, let's jump into the news. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. All right. Big news week. Is it? No, not so little. Craven the Hunter, uh, the trailer for that leaked online. So first Sony was like, look, here's a poster. Maybe this will distract you. No, that's a poster. So then they released um, the full Red Band trailer. It's pretty violent. It's so generic. I couldn't. It's like, wow. Really bad looking. Yeah, I mean, it looks very violent. I was like, mm, Marvel has like a little bit of a problem here because you've got uh, Russell Crowe as you know two different characters I mean, within. This is the Sony universe. I mean, also uh, Aaron yeah. Taylor Johnson. Oh well, he yeah. played Quicksilver. Well, That's no, right. people it, remember that. Looks like kind of like a Marvel slasher film. It's so there's just nothing to it, and I don't know like what's going on. Like in the books, like Craven does have children, except Russell Crowe isn't playing Craven. Aaron, Aaron, goddamn, whatever his name is, Aaron Taylor Johnson is, mm-hmm. but I don't know what his like relationship really is like with that. What makes him crave it? I don't know why he has weird superpowers where he could like talk to the animals now. Because you saw the lion's blood drip into his blood. He's a blood brother with a with a lion. Yeah, that's not a, a damn jungle cat. I mean, sometimes he shoots lasers out of his nipples, but. Are we going to get that? No, I can't imagine. Well, that's unfortunate. And really, it's out of like the eyes of the lion that he wears as a vest, but you know, it looks like nipple lasers. Well, you can call them nipple lasers. I don't, yeah, I have no idea what's going on with this movie. It looks so bad, just generic, and it doesn't seem to really have anything to do with Craven. And I don't know what this whole thing with like Sony doing, like, we're doing villain movies, we're going to do Venom, we're going to do Morbius, we're going to do Craven, except they're not really villains, they're anti heroes. Just make the, it's fine. They could just be villains. Hi. Make them interesting. It's me. Yes, I'm the problem. It's me. I, I did not care for this uh, very boring looking trailer. If this didn't have some kind of like comic book property attached to it, like it would look like nothing. And it still kind of looks like nothing, even though it's like, ooh, I recognize that name. Craven is a cool name. About the only thing in that uh, trailer that got me excited is like the rhino tease at the end. I was like, okay, I at least want to see what that is. I bet he looks like, like PETA did in the Hunger Games. But, it's like a rock. To be fair, I may—I mean, I'll see it online at some point, but I'm not going to watch this movie. I don't care in the slightest. Even if they were like, Tom Holland like fights Craven in here, the rhino or something, I'd be like, I'm going to wait for that to leak on YouTube, and I'll check it out there. 
All right. But I'm not going out of my way to see this. It looks really bad. Okay, then don't. That was easy. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, too. Like, yes, one less thing to pay for. Yay! Yeah. Um, Did not care for the Craven trailer one bit, except for, I guess, for that one bit where I was like, ooh, the rhino. Mm. Will he look better than Paul Giamatti in that big robot suit? Absolutely. <laughs> Low bar. Low bar you have to cross there. Mm. Kind of news that might lead into something. Uh-oh. The Incredible Hulk is now on Disney+. Plus. Really? Which... Because uh, the movie was produced by Universal, and they've maintained the distribution rights, which apparently Disney has now. But that opens up the question: Is what this isn't? There's no answer to this yet. What does that mean for the actual rights to the Hulk? Does it mean that they can now make a solo Hulk movie? Because before, uh, with the deal that they had with the Universal, they couldn't do a solo Hulk movie. But he could still. That's why you saw him in stuff like Ragnarok and the Avengers movies and uh, the She-Hulk show. Mm-hmm. Because he couldn't headline anything by himself. So, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what that means for movie rights going forward if they now have it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, do we need a solo Hulk movie? Yeah, maybe, if it's, <laughs> it's good. I guess, well, I mean... I mean, I don't really like the Incredible Hulk movie in general. I also don't understand the reaction of people being like, oh my god, it's finally on streaming. It's like these movies have been like long hidden away, like totally inaccessible. Like, what are you talking about? That's the... Um... They've been here all along. That's not the Eric Bana version, right? No. That's the... Ed Norton one. Ed Norton. Yeah. But it's not like that was like a hidden movie. So people are like, oh my God, the Indiana Jones movies. Finally, we could see them. No, I, I've had access to them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just very convenient for me to do a rewatch of two of them the other night because it was right there. Yeah, but I, I don't understand the reaction of like, oh my God, we can see it now. Like, you've been able to do it for like 15 years when it came out. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not you a could... secret little hidden movie. Yeah, you can have... There are physical copies of this medium. Or you can just rent things. That's also true. Yeah, I don't know, so we'll see what that means. Um, more Hulk-ish news. Harrison Ford uh, doing the rounds, being a big old grump, which I find hilarious. Yes, it's perfect. Leading up to Indiana Jones. Uh, he was asked by uh, one reporter, I'm sure not just one, but the, the, at least the clip that was making the most rounds, like, so in the upcoming Captain America movie, will you be playing the Red Hulk? And he's just like, what the fuck's a Hulk? Well, he's a, what's that? Because yeah. he's Harrison Ford and he's grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> which he definitely knows what it is. Oh, it makes me think he probably is. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, it might even be appealing. Like, you're telling me that for a chunk of this movie, I'm just going to get taken over by a computer and I don't have to do anything? That's pretty easy, yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. Mm-hmm. I just have to be in the booth going, I'm the Hulk. Yeah. I'm red now. Red smash. But yeah, I, you know, I just enjoy Grumpy Harrison Ford doing his rounds. A mm. little bit of casting news, which is exciting. Stranger Things season five, which they totally stopped working on. Those kids are going to be like 32 when this whole series is done for something that's supposed to last five seasons. Wow. But Linda Hamilton, not really 32, but close enough. Linda Hamilton has joined the cast of Stranger Things season five. It doesn't get much more 80s than Linda Hamilton. Not really. No. I mean, who's done a bunch of other stuff, but clearly like is best known for being in the Terminator. Yes. And a lot of times when... Um, the show like gets some of these like older stars in there. There's like, usually some nods to stuff that they've done before, or, like if it's connected to somehow. So I'm kind of curious to see if, and kind of am willing to bet that they're going to sneak in some kind of like Terminator connection of some kind. I think my favorite one they done like the the villain that was in the last season and going into this uh, final one as well was like so like definitively based off of um, Freddy Krueger. So they stuck Robert England in an episode. They're like, hey, remember this? Oh, look at this guy. Yeah, because you know we're doing his villain. Mm essentially yeah i don't know linda hamilton i love seeing her pop up stuff and for as not great as that last terminator movie was i like seeing old linda hamilton just come in and kick some ass and last bit of news wow that was 
I told you. Mm. I wrote down a couple of other things. I'm like, they're not that interesting. Okay, there you go. <laughs> it, it was a really late news week. Well, writer's strike is still going on. So. Yeah, plus uh, the Monday holiday of Juneteenth. Yes, and summer solstice and all that good stuff. Yeah, so, so mm. the next couple of weeks are going to be lean because you got Fourth of July coming up too. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a that'll be a week. No Fourth question. of July is on a Tuesday this year. I got to see if I got it off or not. That's what she said. <laughs> I only put in the request like over a month ago. That's also what she said. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Uh, that's more what he said. Uh, last bit of news, sad news that happened uh, shortly after. I guess it happened before, but the news broke. Legendary comic artist John Romita Sr. passed away at the age of 93. Definitely best known for his work on Spider-Man. Like, for as much as, like, Steve Ditko is the co-creator. I always say last bit of news. There's one more bit of news after that. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> John Romita Sr., best known for his run on Spider-Man after Steve Ditko left. He was working on Daredevil, and I guess, like, Stan went to him. He's like, look, you gotta want to come work on uh, Spider-Man. We're going to get... Uh, Ditko's going to come back. Like, this is, like... You know, one of the top selling books. He's not going to turn down this money. Mm-hmm. Just got to do it for a little bit. And Romina's like, all right, whatever. I'll leave Daredevil, the book I want to be doing, which I love this Daredevil work. And went over for Spider-Man for like, you know, 100 something issues. That's not just a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah. He is literally the, the definitive artist on that book. I mean, co-creator Mary Jane, like that very famous, like, uh, face at Tiger, you hit the jackpot image. Yep. Um, either there's a bunch of uh, Romina Sr. references in the last Spider-Verse movie we see. We've seen the image a lot, including Spider-Man too, like uh, the suit in the trash can, Spider-Man no more. Yeah. That's his, speaking of the Rhino, co-created that character, Kingpin, like a ton of stuff, like huge, huge in Spider-Man. Like most of like the big Spider-Man stories uh, were done by him. Mm. Continued his work through Marvel into the 90s. He was there a long time. I guess so. 1993, that's a hell of a run. Oh my God, 93 is a fantastic run. It's also one of those guys where, like, when he passed away, like, you start hearing all the stories, everything starts rolling out, and you couldn't have heard anything but, like, an entirely positive thing. And you could say, like, well, that's usually what happens, like, when people die. Like, people aren't usually mm. speaking, like, ill of the... Speaking of Steve Ditko, like, when he died a few years ago, like, it was mostly like, boy, that guy was a grump. Yeah. <laughs> those were most of the stories. But, yeah, in 93, left his mark on the world in a big way. I would say so. And also, for, I don't know, I kind of for those silver age guys that did stuff i kind of like put him on like that mount rushmore plus one extra head because in my eyes it's like there were really five like huge guys uh that turned things around in the silver age like being uh stan jack uh joe Sinnott, like for the amount of inking he was doing like on all those key books i said right now i can't even think of why am i blocking on the name oh there we go uh, i'm just bad at counting yeah stan jack steve ditko joe Sinnott, and then i put ramita senior mm-hmm. kind of like on like the like big pillars that built up the Silver Age, where like all of that work was put out. That's like in that span of time that's being like recycled over and over and over again. So, yeah, kind of the last one to go, and so it's a bummer. But yeah. ninety three lived a good life, great life. His son is also an incredibly popular artist who's still working today. I mean, yeah, always sad, but you know, be remembered forever. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Silver Age, that Stanley documentary came out this week. Have you watched it yet? Yep. And <clears throat> is it worth watching? I was pausing it about every five to ten minutes, like, because I was watching it with my wife. I was like, okay, well, they're not talking, like, this is being said. The entire thing is done, like, it's stitched together, um, Stanley telling his story through different interviews, so it's, like, very much just, like, this is Stan, this is my perspective, and it puts him in a very glowing light and doesn't really touch on a lot of the other creators a lot, so Jack Kirby's son, uh, through his daughter, put out a thing, just being like, you can find it, it's very easy, but it was like, the gist was, so you... Like, this is all just from Stan's perspective, and you're telling me that, like, no one ever went into his office when, like, hey, Stan, I have an idea for a character. And, like, he was just pulling this stuff out, like, entirely whole cloth. 
So yeah, I mean, I've read enough books and seen enough stuff at this point. Rose, I'd say it's you know sixty five percent true. That's more than half. Yeah, and it's not to say that it's things are untrue, but there's just embellishments, and there's also you know Stan being a salesman and like building things up, and some stuff they just like weirdly don't touch on, and some stuff where it's just like there's no follow up, and I know that it's limited amount of time you can only do so much but it just some of it felt kind of disingenuous mm. like uh there was this they did do a part where stan is talking about um credits for like who does what he's like if i come up with the idea and i tell someone to draw it, like that's that's my thing but there was a um steve ditko got mad at him he's like look it's like we have this like maybe like thread of an idea that, like we talk about together then i go and i plot out the entire thing and i do all the art and i bring it back to you and then it just says like by stan so um, Spider-Man was the first book that had a, a co-credit on it. Steve Ditko. Yeah. and But then what they don't follow up with that is that pissed off Jack Kirby to no end. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. It's like, you're giving this guy, like, not to, like, take away from him. It's like, so you're going to give Steve credit as co-creator, but then I'm doing all this other stuff, and you're not giving that to me? And that's one of the reasons he quit. And uh, the letter that uh, Kirby's son put out, he's like, look, like, Stan, like, credits himself for coming up with a Fantastic Four. And I was watching it, and I was going, I wonder which version of the story they're going to go with, because Stan's told a couple over the years, and they just kind of mash them together. It was like, oh, okay, I guess that's a <laughs> that's a way to do it, too, just combine them. But the letter that was put, it was like, yeah, um, this book was based off of, like, creations that uh, Jack had done before in Challengers of the Unknown, and even, like, some of the character names, like, Ben is named after our father. Like, Sue is named after his sister. So, yeah, there's all these... Which I didn't know. I didn't know that uh, Jack's father was named Ben. Well, they, you, you learn something every day. <laughs> I didn't learn anything from that documentary, but I did learn something from a tweet that was a letter. There you go. Or the, one of like they don't really dive into the others that well. They do a little bit, but at one point, um, like it goes to black. The screen goes to black. Like Jack Kirby left Marvel Comics in 1970. I'm like, and then he came back like by 75, 77 that area. So it's not <laughs> like yeah, it wasn't gone forever. It was like, yeah, it was just black screen. Jack Kirby left Marvel Comics in 1970, and and then he came back. I don't know. It. I mean, it's probably worth watching, but I, it's one of those things like you got to do it with a bit of a grain of salt, and also like just Stan is a salesman, and oh, yeah. and this documentary also skips a lot of stuff. Again, I know you can't squeeze everything in to a time frame, but I, I, I would call it um fairly selective. I would say extremely selective. Yes. So yeah, and. It, I don't regret watching it, and there's enough in there that like gives you some some good history. Mm. So I don't not recommend it, but I I wouldn't treat it as a, a Bible of fully accurate storytelling. I also love that um they don't they never cover this, but like when like all the Marvel stuff like in the early '60s started to get created, like Stan was like fully bald. It's really crazy how about like 1975 he has a whole head of hair again, hairpiece. Oh yeah, ugh. <laughs> he went from. I mean, eventually he ditched it. You saw like yeah. his hair towards the end, but like that was his hair since like the '60s. Was like that much was gone. Wow, stress. But yeah, the '70s, man, whole head of hair, just big bushy '70s hair. The very thought of you saying big bushy '70s hair is just upsetting. <laughs> is what it is. But yeah, that's the documentary. All, All right. right, we're gonna move on from there to weird comics facts. Here are some weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm gonna make some weird shit pretty freaky but it's safe once again i'll throw two at you but we'll hit two topics oh god since we're doing the flash this week this is a weird one uh one of the big flash stories this is going back to 2008 i believe when uh barry allen's the flash came back there was this uh, event flash rebirth and then they called a bunch of stuff rebirth later on this is like the 
that this is the second rebirth. Originally, there was a Green Lantern rebirth, and then there was a Flash rebirth, and then for a while, everything was rebirth, but one of the original two books that did that. It turns out that what gave Barry Allen his powers, you know, lightning bolt strikes, goes through all these chemicals, douses him. Yeah. Uh, through weird time travel shenanigans that I don't really understand, Barry is that lightning bolt. Barry gives himself his own powers. That doesn't make sense on how that happens. Yeah, time travel shenanigans. But if he didn't have those powers, he couldn't have traveled back to give himself the powers. Not art. I'm not giving you answers here. I'm just telling you what happened. That's weird. Yeah. So we got the segment. I guess so. That's why it's a weird comics fact. Another weird one uh, with Craven the Hunter. Mm. As like I said, I'm kind of confused about who is playing who and what the lineage is in this. Well, in the comics, Craven does have, I believe, two sons. Uh, kind of like what we see in the trailer, but I'm not. Conv- I don't. Know. I don't know who's doing what in this. But Craven did have a son. Craven was killed off in Craven's Last Hunt. Great book, uh, written by J.M. Dematis. It ends like he he hunts Spider-Man because Spider-Man is like the ultimate prey. Yeah, and. He shoots Spider-Man, buries him, takes over his identity, and then ultimately ends up killing himself. He's like, I've achieved my goal. Like, there's, mm. no, there's nothing higher than this. Like, I, I hunted Spider-Man, and I won. All right. Kills himself. He's gone from the comics for years. In the 90s, it looks like Kraven has come back, and everyone's confused as to why. Uh, so Kraven finds his old girlfriend, who's in this movie, uh, in a graveyard, and the two of them just, like, start getting it on. And then it turns out this Kraven... Good for him. Do I need to get you, like, a squeaky bed spring? Eater, eater. Yeah. But Craven has sex with his girlfriend. Uh, he's <clears throat> want to do. But then it turns out it's not actually Craven. It's his son who looks so much like him, the girlfriend couldn't tell the difference. And then he just makes fun of her endlessly after. Wow. So he, his son sleeps with his girlfriend. With his dad's girlfriend. Oh, wow. Who thought that he was dead for years. And then he just makes fun of her for Isn't it. Isn't that a subcategory on adult websites? <laughs> it's so mean-spirited that he just makes fun of her after. Wow. Like, I don't know how you'd make fun of, like, I was a better lover than my dad, huh? He's like, I tricked you, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, you. How did you not know it wasn't him, fool? Yeah, basically, that was it. You moron, I'm younger. <laughs> I mean, I think he has some valid points, but still a very mean spirited thing to do. Wow, what a jerk. All right, that is it for weird comics facts. So, <gasps> I kind of got one. Oh, goodness. But. So from surprising sexual encounters with Craven the Hunter's son to uh, Zion Williams, not the father, <laughs> someone else that Zion Williams slept with who is not uh, the mother of his upcoming child, sending out just the wildest tweets in the world. It is time for Jared Sports Reports. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. You had it, but it wasn't very well refined. Yeah. It was pretty raw. Yeah. It's like you took a shovel, you stuck it in the dirt and said, look, I made a garden. Well, I mean, according to these tweets sent off by this woman, uh, there was also some other pretty raw stuff that was happening with Zion. All right. Talking about Straight up raw dogging you. Sports. Uh, Seriously, have you seen this? uh, No, I haven't. It's insane. So Zion Zion Williamson announced that uh, he was having a baby. Good for Zion. And then someone else pops up. Um, an OnlyFans performer, and she goes off. She's Content like, creator, yes. I think, is the term you're looking for. Um, and she's been going off for like a couple of weeks now, like just sending out like the, I mean, you know, hell hath no fury kind of deal. Like she is scored and she is mad and she is telling the world what happened between them. Mm. And like up until like today, she's or yesterday, she was like, "Hey, by the way, Pelicans, you better trade him because that sex tape is dropping soon." And she's just like tweeting him. She's like, "All your business deals are about to dry up." Wow. Usually a little bit more colorful language, but um, yeah, be on the lookout for the Zion Williams sex tape. 
<laughs> releasing soon. Nope, 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 nope. I'd rather watch The Flash again. <laughs> you, you can find it. It's kind of, like, it is like scorched earth. Like, she is mad. Well. I mean, I can't really blame her. No, you can't. Like, oh, I think I'm with this person. I'm sorry, he's having a child with someone else. Oh. Oh, Zion. So you're telling me an NBA player was unfaithful? The new Wilt Chamberlain. No, Wilt Chamberlain actually played in games. Oh, good point. He's well on. Um, he's one of the ones on the trade rumor this week. Wilt Chamberlain? Yes. Wow, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Everyone wants to trade for Wilt. I mean, there's a bunch of rumors floating around it, with uh, one of the more pervasive ones being like he might be traded by Thursday. So we'll see. Wow. Okay, there you go. Uh, other sports reports, some interesting slash big news out of Patriots world. No, they didn't sign DeAndre Hopkins yet, but I was waiting with bated breath. No, but Jack Jones is in some trouble. He tried to bring two loaded guns oh, onto I a plane that, yep. at Logan Airport in Boston after their minicamp last week. Uh, his lawyer says they were packed in his bag and it was not his intent to bring them on the plane, but things don't fully add up there. So Jack Jones had a little bit of legal trouble, actually a lot of it because you can't bring guns on planes. So yeah. What? Uh, since when? Uh, since a long time ago. For some time now. So there's that. The Patriots, uh, we'll see what they do and how they handle it. Usually they don't they don't mess around with these things. The league may also get involved, especially since John Morant got a 25-game suspension. Yep. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Meaning that it's going to screw him over for being able to get into like all-star voting. That's a, a more costly suspension than 25 games because he's going to be in a really... It's going to exclude him from... Yeah, because you need to play at least 65 games now to be considered um, yeah. for All-Star, which he will... Or All-NBA, which he will not no. cross. So that's <laughs> going to hurt his ability to get a Supermax contract, make All-Star teams, things like that. So that 25-game suspension on the outside, you're like, oh, it's only 25 games. Not that. It's going to be the paycheck that it's going to cost him down the line. But anyway, there's that. Red Sox uh, continue to beat up on the Yankees. They're no longer the worst team in the AL East. Woo! That belongs to the Yankees. Ooh. Yankees suck. Yankees suck. I'm actually going to see some famous athletes later this week going to the uh, Benefit Golf Tournament, Drive for a Cause, I believe is the name of the tournament, at Falmouth Country Club. Roger Clemens, Tuka Rask are going to be there. Michael Waltrip. See, I was going to get my phone out and look at the list of names because I don't have it fully memorized, but nope, I'm going to prove to you that I can go the whole show without it. Uh, who else? Uh, Catherine Tappan is going to be there. Jeremy Swayman from the Bruins. Kevin Millar is going to be there. It's one of my favorite favorite Red Sox of all time. Kevin Millar, uh, Tim Wakefield, great bunch of celebrities uh, and personalities who will be. Uh, it'll be a fun time. That's all at the Falmouth Country Club. That starts uh, this Wednesday, the twenty first, uh, but it runs through the week. But if you listen to the show in the future, it's already happened. But I'm going to get to go see some famous people play golf. Yay me! That's about all I had for sports reports. There you go. Uh, the the other big NBA story of the week: uh, Bradley Beal was traded from the Wizards to the Phoenix Suns. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. I mean, even with his no-trade clause, like, he has to sign off on everything. Yeah. I mean, don't blame him, but... Yeah, there's talk, like, is Phoenix now a super team with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Bradley Beal? And my answer is probably not, but we'll see. Well... Because that went so well the last time Durant made a super team. It's June 20th. There's a lot of time. The NBA season's... The body's not cold yet. The NBA season never stops. (sighs) You poor, poor... Unfortunate man. Yeah, that was the other. Yeah, Bradley Beal, he's gone. Uh, probably getting paid way too much now. Yeah, well. I mean, based off his last contract, but yeah. There you go. That's it for Sports Rewards. All right, we're going to move on from there. Hey, it's time to go back to the world of television. Streaming. It's not even television. It's streaming. Pull out your rabbit ears, kids, and just for that signal, zzz, smack the side of the TV if it's not quite working right. That's, yeah, I don't know what that was ever going to accomplish when you did that. 
Oh no, ours. You just had you had another spot. Oh, that's right. Every TV kind of had a spot. He's got to know. It's not working. Boom. There it goes. The pitcher's back. You have to know the exact angle of little tinfoil on the ends of the uh, rabbit ears. Dang. All that stuff. But Star Trek is back. It's been like, what, four weeks maybe without Star Trek? Maybe. Maybe five. I don't know. It hasn't been that long, but hey, we're back. It's a new Star Trek. We're talking Strange New World Season 2, Episode 1. So you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers? Nope. We're screaming at streaming. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and check this out. All right. You hadn't seen the show before. Nope, I haven't. Do any research ahead of time? You just turn it on. You're like, I just turned it on. And previously I like, on last season. Yep, like, good enough. Okay, cool. They're fighting the Gorn. <laughs> I know the Gorn. They're, they're trying to build them up in such a big way that they're like, yeah. they're going to be like our Borg or like yeah, our they're, Klingons. Or like, they're, they're fighting the Gorn. Spock had an emotion, and uh, that's about it. Spock has so many emotions. It's like the most emotional person around. He also has some funky-ass sideburns. He brings those things way down. So I don't know. With this being your first one, what do you think? Uh, I thought it was enjoyable. There were definitely had some feel of like the J.J. Abrams track. I thought Spock was enjoyable but he also really felt like it was uh trying to play a younger version of zachary quinto's version of spock yeah this spock uh, i like how every version of like earlier spock is just like super horny oh yeah he's like all into yeah. that in the abrams movies it's all like about her this one he's all about nurse chapel yes the character no one ever really thinks about but hey, this show's brought her back i actually really like um their they brought their portrayal of nurse chapel but they yeah. had to bring her back to life in this episode yeah well, I also like that's I wasn't threatened. I'm like, I've seen the original series. I know she makes it. Yeah. She, you know, freezes up a little bit, but I was kinda disappointed I didn't get any Captain Pike. He's there for like five minutes and then leaves. Yeah. Uh that's because uh, in real life he had just had a baby. Oh, okay. So that that was uh why that was the way it was, is so he could, you know, go be with the mother of his child and I, the child. I do have a pet peeve, and it's one of those things that about Starfleet that's always kind of like made me like, hmm, interesting. How easy it is to steal the Enterprise. I love that. How easy it is to steal a starship. How many times have they stolen the Enterprise? A bunch. I mean, every Enterprise has been stolen. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're doing this. We're doing this. Okay, fine. Uh, and there'll be no consequences for it. No, clearly not. The, well, the reason being is because of the Gorner coming. Ooh. Yeah, it was enjoyable. I thought... Um, it wasn't tough to jump into it, seeing as I hadn't like watched any of it before. But I'm, I'll come back for seconds. I I uh, really enjoyed the new um, cast member this year of Carol Kane. Just what a delight she is! Like I, I enjoy seeing her in everything whenever she pops up. Oh, she the one that had the funny accents? Like it seems like you guys are trying to steal the ship. Yes, you may uh, recognize her from Princess Bride. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> if that voice sounds familiar, now it all comes back. <laughs> a lot less makeup in this though. <laughs> oh, way less. Have fun storming the castle. Oh, that was Billy Crystal who said that. Not yeah, her. but which hag? love the princess bride i i just enjoy carol kane she's fun of this and it's um i mean part of this is is we're leading up eventually to the crew that we know from like the uh, the original series yeah so last year uh their chief engineer a blind chief engineer don't know if you've heard of those before oh uh, well, he's not blind he has a cybernetic implant that helps him to be able to see and the infrared struck you know infrared spectrum also allows klingons to find out what the shield modulation is and blow the damn ship up well this one was just straight up blind oh, okay well but he was an andorian ah so his little tentacles dangly bits on the top helped him i don't do think things. you should say dangly bits <laughs> they're antenna uh yes if, if you want to get technical i do but uh he died during the last season so it was this question of like okay well 
Enterprise is going to need a chief engineer. I guess they just got one. Like, like is it going to be time to get Scotty in there? Nope. No, we still got some time before Scotty. But whatever, it's Carol Kane. I love her, so bring her on. Yes. She, she's fun. I just like her energy. She brings a fun, unique energy that I, I'm all about. Mm. She's funny. I like this version of the Klingons. They seem to be fun. I was curious what they were going to do because, I mean, the Klingons have changed their appearance so many times. So it's like, which way are we going with this? Yeah. We don't talk about that. And apparently they just kind of look like the next gen versions. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough to them. Yes. All right. I guess that's, I mean, that's the one that most people like. You know, once we hit um the motion picture. I was a little concerned about this one going into it because uh, something that worked so well for the last season, although there were uh, plot threads that definitely carried through, like the Gorn was a big one. And we see um, Una or number one, she was usually just called number one, um, like her plot thread of um, lying to Starfleet. So it's like they're continuing some stuff. But like what made last season like so particularly good, like compared to something like Discovery, which I know does not connect as well with people, was that it got down. It was like episodic mm-hmm. again. And, um, there wasn't like a story arc for the season. Yeah, and this this one is feeling like, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but my impression of this first episode is like, okay, this is feeling like it's a little more serialized, which is not what made the show strong the first go around. So, but we'll see. I mean, it's one episode in, so I'm not gonna be like, it's all a disaster. But it was just like, I I liked what it was before. Mm. So I just want to. I mean, like, but there's other stuff that carried through, and it's not like that's uncommon for like serialized shows. Like you'll have one offs, but you'll still have your ongoing threads it does sound like the show could be getting gorny though yeah i mean they played up the gorn a bit less and like you saw them but they weren't like the big like lumbering ones that like you saw kirk fight yeah that, he made a cannon out of a tree the world's slowest fight <laughs> i gotta look into how that like how did they film that and just be like yeah this is acceptable they were I, so I think, high on drugs when they were was, making that show i think it was just probably we're in the 60s and we have a schedule to keep and no one's ever going to look at this again we don't need to worry about this and we are doing all of the drugs yeah, I, I I like it a lot, but I I didn't it didn't blow me out of the water. I guess for the the first episode back, all right. And you know maybe my expectations were just too high because sometimes it's easier to like something if you have no expectations. That's also very true. <laughs> As you're about to find out. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season and uh, next week because I think it's out tomorrow or today when everyone's hearing this. Uh, Secret Invasion's out. Ah, so screaming is screaming's back in a big bad way. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Like, oh, man, I got to spend time in front of a screen. <laughs> you never. No, absolutely not. Not during the summer. It's nice outside. I spend time out of doors. Not nice outside. It's overcast and rainy. It was the sun was out for a brief moment today. Yeah. And during that time is the time I had to watch Star Trek. So I couldn't enjoy the sun because I went golfing this morning. Real hard life you got. Yeah. Live long and prosper, bitch. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on from there. Ooh, it's finally out. It's time to talk about The Flash. I'm the best there is at what I do. But what I do best isn't very nice. It's time for an Editor's Note podcast review. As we do with every big new release, uh, I'll talk non-spoilers first and then spoilers. I'm going to give a brief history of this. When I say brief, I mean incredibly brief. Like I'm not going into all the different... Uh, This movie has been plagued with development issues. Plagued with so many development issues, an entire nine-season show about this character happened in between when it was announced and when it actually came out. That's a lot of... Yeah. The Flash was announced, the whole DC slate of like, look at everything we got coming out. This was supposed to... It was originally supposed to come out in 2018. Uh, That is come and gone. Yeah. By a number of years. It was like this, and I think it was Cyborg was the other one that was supposed to come out that year. Like, oh man, I can't wait for that Cyborg movie. Yeah, they're like setting up all the metahumans. <clears throat> yeah. 
interesting thing that uh, oh, go ahead, finish your brief well, history. So, like, so I mean, just different directors and writers have popped in and out of this thing. Uh, obviously, like the trouble uh, with Ezra Miller was very public and very out there. And then this movie also had to go through a number of reshoots to kind of align with uh, the new regime change at DC. This was always meant to like reset things, but even how it reset things kept changing. I think this also is the reason that Batgirl didn't happen. Maybe. Because of a certain thing yeah. that happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll get into that because um, there's some other reshoots around there about the future of certain characters. Oh. But so Flash... Um, all these problems. The fact that this movie even came out was like a minor miracle for, just for how many problems it went through. The fact that like it actually got to the finish line is a little impressive in its own right just because it was such a mess leading up to it. And this movie is not doing well. No. This movie is uh, seriously underperforming. Uh, the metric that keeps being used is its numbers are worse than Black Adams. That's not good. When you're being compared to the Black Adam movie, that's that's not good. Uh, projections for this opening... it was, was being put between like 70 and 75 million it only made 55 but i will also say this this has been kind of like a post-covid thing like box office projections like pre-covid were pretty spot on but there's been a number of instances post-covid where like they've been wildly off so i'm not going to say this is necessarily just a flash thing it's just whatever metrics are being used and kind of you know new world we're in don't seem they're not where they were before no. so i don't know but still like definitely underperforming this is a at least a $200 million movie, you know, do your basic movie math, double that for budget or uh, double it for marketing. I mean, although for the marketing, they didn't have to fly around Michael Keaton or Ezra Miller. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Ezra Miller showed up on the red carpet and it was a no questions red carpet. It was purely just photos for wow. uh, not just for Ezra Miller, but for everybody. Yeah. I have some I, questions. I, I'm sure that I have a lot of questions actually directly uh, related to Ezra Miller and the internet is kind of roasting this movie in a big way. Because it's kind of a mess. So there is an analogy in the movie about spaghetti. I'm like, this is... A, the more I thought about it, I'm like, that that analogy about spaghetti just kind of entangling everything, that's what this was. Somebody just plopped a bunch of spaghetti down and said, oh, here's the story. And I I think deep down, like the, the heart of the movie, I like the heart of the story. But the telling of the story... And everything else, all the trappings that go around well, it, it is I so mean, convoluted. It's just like, it's so, I understand like one of the things I was reading afterwards was like, people were like, oh, the visual effects suck. Well, that was a style choice. That was a stupid style choice. Uh, I also don't believe that for a single Oh, second. no, that's a, oh, I, I meant to do that. It's artistic. Yeah, just say. Artesian. We, just say we ran out of money. <laughs> we ran out of time and we ran out of money. Yes, uh, that was um, uh, the director, Andy Muschietti, uh, who won't be directing again anytime soon. Oh, he is. What is he directing? Uh, the next Batman movie. Oh. Yeah, he was announced as the director for um, not the Batman oh. that Matt Reeves is doing, but the Brave and the Bold movie. Yeah, they found their director, and it's the guy who did this. Uh, he's probably best known for doing the two It movies that came out a couple of years ago. Oh, I, again, I don't. Th I think it was like you said. I think it's a project that went on way longer, and because of it, you could tell that it suffered for having how long it took to make it. This movie also you're talking about like the core of the story the core of the story doesn't make a ton of sense at least partially uh the whole thing they've done this on the tv show the comic exists like it's well out there like barry's mom is murdered he goes back in time to try and prevent her murder mm -hmm. except he doesn't do anything about it he doesn't care about it at all he never finds like he has zero interest in finding out who actually <laughs> killed his mother yeah. who stabbed your mom in the chest he doesn't bring that up once in the entire movie 
Yeah. It's not even a question. He's just like, oh, yeah, she's dead. I, but I just want to get her back and, like, clear my dad's name. I think you're missing a big question in there. Yes. Like, who, who killed, killed your mom? And why? And I think that would have been way better to go back and find out. Because that was and, being set up for, like, oh, we're going to do this. Is, this will be answered in the sequel. I don't think you're getting one. No. But I think if he were able to go back, like, it would make more sense instead of changing the fact that, you know, without giving away much of the plot, like changing things so your mom lived. Yeah, you want your mother to live, but you also, if you were half like smart, knowing that if you did that, you would change the entire universe. Like, I get that part, but it, like you said, I think it would have made more sense if you're really your end goal, your initial goal was like, save my father from prison, get my father back to uh, I can have my mom back. Well, when you figure out you can't do that, why not find out who killed her? So then you can at least be like, hey, you, you scumbag. I know you killed my mom and you're going to commit, you know, you're going to cop to it in like modern times so you don't screw everything up yeah i I just i found it so bizarre that they just fully ignored like because i mean we see her dead like we see her with a knife in her chest but is she gone there's never a question of like i wonder who did this is it bad that i've had a craving for spaghetti since that since watching the movie it wasn't even appealing looking spaghetti no but i love spaghetti and eat the shit out of it so Mm, i'm sure you could do that on your way home acquire spaghetti (laughs) yeah it's true i mean i do have also have spaghetti at home that i can just cook oh great there you go I will say this for for everything I didn't like about the movie, the things I did like, I was able to with time like move beyond with the time things we that, saw this yesterday. Yes, but I was able to move all beyond. the time in the world. Yeah, but it's not fair. See, I picked up your Twilight Zone reference. Mm. Also, that bank vault was very strong to protect him from the nuclear blast when everything else around him blew up to shit. But anyway, no, Michael Keaton was awesome as Batman in this. I loved that. I think they underuse Supergirl in this. I love. Yeah, that was um, my kind of complaint about her. It's like I don't. I have no opinion about her. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't really know anything about the character. Like she doesn't have an arc. She doesn't. I mean, she has a couple of action scenes and like one reference to the seventy-eight uh, Superman movie that I liked. But yeah, like I have no opinion. Like she doesn't get enough screen time for me to be like, ooh, I like even like I like this actress or I like this trailer like i like these choices that like the characters making whatever she's just not there enough for me to have like even form a base opinion i think there are some things about the movie though there's some meta moments like when obviously you know barry's traveling back in time when he's talking to younger barry which we all know from the trailers how there were some meta moments like he panned younger barry which everyone was panning him in the justice league movies about being just insufferable and annoying and he says it like the movie says it out loud yeah but i also don't like that because we see this barry who's no longer depending on scene to scene not as annoying and but we don't know why his character changed we don't know why he's no longer this like why is this character different from the last time we saw him Mm. and then we just have this other barry in there so it's like if you don't like ezra miller and to be fair i don't like sticking strictly as a performer do not like what they do in general well, at least you get a double dose of that yes for way too much of this movie i don't think that they're capable of carrying a movie and that's what they were asked to do twice <laughs> yeah and i mean it takes us a little while to get to keaton and while there is stuff leading up to that that i uh really liked like i for the most part i really liked affleck the only stuff i didn't like about affleck is they kept on doing like he's driving a motorcycle and we get these close-ups of his face it's the uh, very crappy computer face <laughs> yes Ugh, god I mean, not his fault but i like everything that um affleck does with this both as batman and as bruce wayne yes like he's really good I, um 
the suit had maybe a few too many straps on it, but I like that they went with uh, the gray and blue look versus like we've just seen like the black like suit done to yeah. death. I did like there were some really good pop culture pulls in there too. So I, the movie had some nice things. Keaton really kind of holds on to things and really keeps things pieced together in this. Keaton is the middle the part anchor. of the. I think the middle part of the movie was really good. I think the bookends, the third act was okay, but I felt like we've seen some of the third act stuff before. I mean, you know, going into this, like Barry doesn't get to save his mom, so, but like I liked his last scene with her. Like that was really sweet. Yes, Keaton for me is the and Keaton White is why I forgive uh, so much of this movie because leading up to it. Leading up to Keaton, it's kind of disjointed. It's pretty bad, and it's all over the place. But the second Keaton shows up, and maybe this is just because like I grew up with like I'm not gonna say everyone has like their Batman. Like yeah, maybe mine's Conroids, but I mean I still grew up you know in the 90s watching Keaton and like thinking like that was like the live action version that I saw forever. So like when he shows up, I'm just like it grounds the movie in such a way, and he's doing stuff that I just I'm enjoying his performance so much. I'm like. I'm forgiving everything else that this movie is doing because I'm just so but happy to see him. The other thing, too, about this is it doesn't necessarily mean that it is the 1989 Batman. No, it's def- this is definitely an, an alternate probably universe. Went, yeah, we went through similar stuff, but not exactly. And I figured out, I did uh, kind of have a revelation of, oh, this is the way that Michael Keaton plays Batman, which I don't think I've ever really pinned down before there's a scene uh must after you know there's a couple action scenes there's a scene after one of them receipt uh michael keaton is like he's stitching himself up with just like oh yeah a, you know fishing hook and some line yeah and like it, kind of flexing in the mirror but you see him and you kind of like he kind of makes this face like kind of like he's kind of like happy about it and everything and it just hit me i'm like oh this guy's an absolute lunatic oh yeah he's a- <laughs> that's that's i mean that's how he plays this he's just a straight up maniac well i mean which is like not like. Do you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. I know, but I've just I've never quite pinned it down. It's like I like his portrayal, but you know, it's not like quite like what you know my what I would think of like is like necessarily like 100 percent like Batman. Yeah. Like oh, but that's what he's doing. He's just playing a maniac. Every like he's just on the edge, insane in every scene he's in, and he's been that way for you know the other two movies that he was in. Oh yeah. It just kind of like oh, that's what it is. He's nuts. <laughs> He's yeah. He got nuts. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. And that's exactly what he is. And um, just seeing like that, it's a completely like dialogue, like free. Um, I'm not gonna barely. It's not a scene. It's just like a long shot. But it's just like, oh, there it is. He's just crazy. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I love. I just loved it. I, I'm ready to jump into some of the spoiler stuff. I think the visual effects they speak for themselves. There were a couple of neat things about the Speed Force. I didn't like that he had to hold the. the like, I didn't like that the Flash held that pose before running. Like, it was just like... Yeah. I also didn't get my cosmic treadmill, and that really upset me. And his moonwalking through time was also a little weird. I liked that. I liked the, him reversing time like you saw his legs moving backwards. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting choice. It was. It was interesting, and it was a choice. <laughs> I can't say I recommend this movie. I was going to say, on our patented review scale of see it in theaters, red box slash stream it, or don't bother, I'm leaning towards stream it. Yeah, I'll give it a solid stream it because, I mean, of if you're of a certain age, because that, there's so many references and especially like Keaton in here, like if you didn't grow up with this stuff, I don't know how much this movie is going to actually connect with you. No, I, I mean, I did predict the line that was coming. I mistimed it, but I knew it was going to how much do you weigh? Did love that. All right, we're going to move from there to spoilers. Look out. There's spoilers ahead. 
All right, let's let's just do the end. The thing that um, everyone is mad about on the internet for looking kind of wonky. That Nick Cage was in it? I, I think everyone loved that, but the rest of it. Yeah. Yes. Barry going through uh, the Speed Force. We see, we'd say endless. It's really about five or six. Yeah. But we see a bunch of uh, alternate versions of uh, the DC universe, stuff that we've seen in film. Uh, the first one that shows up, and I mean, this is the one that like I cared about. Like This is what I'm saying. Like If you don't grow up with a certain thing, yeah. you, know, like, you have a connection to it. Like they showed uh, George Reeves' Superman. Like I've seen clips of it, but I've never sat down and watched an episode. No, yeah. I like so it's just like me going like, okay, I get it. Like yeah, great, George Reeves. But I have like that was the one like didn't get me at all because I I don't have a connection to it. No. Now we see apparently this is nobody entirely just computer generated. We see a uh, Jay Garrick Flash running through there for a second. Oh, with the war helmet on and yeah, the- yeah, the original Flash. Yeah. But uh, also apparently not played by anyone. That's just entirely a computer. AI probably. Weird. Uh, then this is like where people start getting like r- real shitty. Like um, Chris Reeves' Superman is in there. Yes. And Helen Slater, Supergirl, uh, the one from that awful Supergirl movie, flies up next to him and like they share a scene. One, she's not dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was just in the Supergirl show a few years ago. <laughs> but but yeah, she doesn't they- look like she did when she was in Supergirl. No. But so that was making people mad. They're like, it looks like... PlayStation 3 graphics, and it's just bad, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm never going to see Christopher Reeves. So, from, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, it looked amazing, but, like, it still had, like, an emotional, like, I got a reaction out of it for me, like, in a way, but because I love those movies. I think I did like that scene, though, where you're kind of getting, like, all the different universes colliding. I I didn't hate that from a visual standpoint, like, but the rest, anytime they were in the, the Chronodome, as they called it, woof name, by the way, uh, yeah. No, it was reacting to you. What? Wolf name? Yeah. Oh. That sounds like something the kids would say. Well, you're a big Flash stan. How about that? No. You don't like that? No. Okay, well, that's what you're getting. <laughs> I liked that. I love that I knew the backgrounds. Like, again, things that people, you have to have a deeper knowledge to access it. The random person going to this, if they saw Nicolas Cage fighting a spider as Superman, they wouldn't understand or appreciate that being in the movie. Yeah, and that's such a weird. That's um, so many people know this. Uh, it's on YouTube, but for a while, but before podcasts were a thing, yes, Kevin Smith would do uh, these um, like college tours, and he would speak and just film them. Yeah, he would put them out on DVDs called like an evening with Kevin Smith. And in one of them, he tells this whole story about when he was he was hired uh, to write a Superman movie. Yeah, uh, Superman Lives, and this is kind of a weird like amalgam thing. Like, was it like because it was wasn't confirmed that it was gonna be like nick cage like that was like the tim burton thing so it's like was it gonna be with burton was it gonna be with cage like whatever so it's kind of combining a couple of things but um superman met with its producer john peters who was uh barbara streisand's hairdresser yes and then husband and then he became a producer as a big thing for spiders yeah he had um like three requirements for the movie uh superman doesn't fly superman doesn't put on the costume and, work, yeah and he fights a big spider in the third act yes and that's become like uh, like kind of like this legendary like story around it. And then you, what did you say? Like, oh, you sons of bitches! Yeah, <laughs> have like Nick Cage comes flying in with like the long mullet that he was supposed to have in that movie. Like, I didn't fighting a giant spider. Yeah, when I saw the spider fight, I was like, oh, 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 you sons of bitches! <laughs> and it's great. It, that's fun. That's it's, for me. Yes, fun I enjoyed that. And Adam West is in there for a second. You can hear uh, Caesar Romero's Joker. Like that's. I don't know that that stuff works for me because I like it and I'm never going to get to see these things again. I'm not going to see Adam West in a movie. No. I'm not going to see Christopher Reeves in a movie. So for me, I am I saying that it looked perfect? No, 
but it at least got an emotional response out of me, which is more than I can say for a lot of this movie. I think that movie was it was long like when the first reaction in the opening scene when I look over to you during the joke the first one of the first big quote unquote jokes of the movie and we both go oh the baby shower thing baby shower puts a baby in a microwave it's weird <laughs> it's a weird thing they did yes and I mean coming off of that scene because that's the one we get um Affleck as Batman and we get the surprise and very brief Wonder Woman cameo yes she just pops up for cameos now she was mm-hmm. at the end of Shazam too that movie sucked yeah <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't go see that which I think is part of why this movie failed. There's just been a couple of bad movies right in a row, and why would you want to pay money to go see more of it? No. Because, I mean, there was like Wonder Woman 1984 and Black Adam and Shazam 2. Like, we've had some real stinkers, and at this point, people are going like, yeah, like, I don't think it's really um, like people being like, oh, we know the universe is being reset. Your average moviegoer doesn't know that. No, no. They're not on the internet. I do, I will say that I do love how they have used the lasso of truth, though. Like, that was funny. It's like, He's like, I my ego's too big to thank anybody. Yeah. Like, that, oh, wait a minute. Like they, I think they ruined that joke though by having the Flash come be like, I don't know what I know what sex is, but I've never had it or something like. That. Yeah. I know it exists. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's weird. So that thirty-five year old virgin. Yeah. Well, however old he's supposed to be. Yeah, he'd be in what his late like late twenties, early thirties. Oh, okay. Well, if he goes back to if it, yeah, so twenty thirteen, ten years ago, he's supposed to be like eighteen. So yeah, so he's like yeah, late twenties. Yeah. It just. There was enough of the movie that didn't work that, like, the the Keaton stuff and then the George Clooney cameo at the end. I love that. That was great. Which, I mean, there's nothing official. Like, if he is going to be, like, the next Batman, will he be the Batman we see in The Brave of the Bold? Boy, I hope so. That'd be awesome. Did he leave Did he leave home without his back card? And I, I've said this on the show. Like, like I, George Clooney's a good actor. I wish he got to do more Batman. I've literally said... I hope he comes back and plays an older Batman, like in a Batman Beyond style movie. Like, and shit, we just might be getting that now. Or like, if he had a better Batman movie to be in. Yeah, Batman and Robin was not a great movie. No. So Clooney, uh, when this when the Flash aired at CinemaCon, which is for um, like yeah. film um, distributors, they didn't show that. Like it was just like the door opened, Barry goes like, "Who the fuck is this?" And then mm-hmm. it just cuts. So that was a surprise, but I guess they also just filmed this in January. It was kind of like, this is like, I don't know if he's coming back or not. I sure hope he is, but yeah. that was like their long shot, like, oh, can we get him? But what's crazy about that scene, and this is where I think, uh, plans changed, that scene, the very first image that we got off of the Flash set, maybe it wasn't the first one, but it was the first one of Keaton, was him filming that scene on the courthouse steps. Yeah. Which at the time, I remember like when it came out, like whatever, it's just like, it's just Michael Keaton in a wig. Great. But yeah. He was in that final scene. He was supposed to be at least in one yeah. of, one of the many plans they had for the end of this movie. It was Michael Keaton who was going to keep going on and being like your Nick Fury s character, but that's not happening anymore. This movie also kind of retconned the Whedon cut of Justice League out. Yeah, they include stuff from the the Snyder cut because they uh, he didn't. I don't think he time traveled in the the theatrical release. Yes, at all. he did because remember he came back and then like he said something about like. He did time travel in the first one. I remember that. I don't. Rem- I, I mean, I know he definitely did in the second version. I don't remember him time traveling in the first one. Yeah, because Bruce was sleeping in the chair and the flash popped through. And it was like something about Martha. Oh no, the key that. Or- I mean, that wasn't. That was the the weird nightmare thing. Oh yeah. I just mean like when he like literally turned back time because like Dark Side, not Dark Side, Steppenwolf one or something. Oh yes, yes, yes. And then we also get um Iris West, who's like all, the whole three minutes she has in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's like, I think I've like I think I met you before in a longer cut of the Justice League. That's a good point. Yeah, so I think this one was definitely taking more um, cues, and I shouldn't say more because we're talking about a couple of small things, but 
uh, <laughs> Michael Shannon's in here for a couple minutes as Zod. I yeah. like seeing him back, but every chance he gets right now, like when people are interviewing about it, he's like, yeah, I don't like it. He's <laughs> like, I was, you know, in Man of Steel, like it was like I got to do like this kind of like character piece and it was deep yeah. involved with this. I showed up for two weeks. They're like, stand there, say this. It was just, I don't get this multiverse stuff. It was just like smashing action figures together. It pretty much is exactly what that was. <laughs> but he has no qualms about just being... He's also a very fun interview subject because he's kind of crazy. Mm. So he just he just says off the wall weird shit. But I also like that he's just like doesn't care. I love that line of like like he goes back in time after Batman kamikazes that one that was, thing. He's like it's got a shield generator. Roger that. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments of the movie. Yeah. Or do you, think, do you think Roger that or copy that? Whatever he says, like I'm gonna avoid it. Yep. All <laughs> just right. Drops flies away. I like this. I, there's a few moments of this movie that made me laugh. Some of them, um, the movie wanted me to laugh, and some of them they didn't. I love when Barry loses his powers, and he has to get them back, which is right out of the Flashpoint comic, including like having um, the alternate Batman help him do it. Yeah. And he does fail the first time. But I love that he's doing it with, with a, a kite. With a bat kite. With a, bat, a kite shaped like a bat, and that, that made me laugh. I, I really yes. enjoyed that. <laughs> And that was um, my favorite little, like, not, like, super, like, beating you over the head with it. Like, you know, there's Christopher Reeves, um, uh, Sasha, Ka- I think it's pronounced Kai or Kaye. It looks like, mm. you know, with American tongue, it looks yeah, like Callie, but I don't think that's how you're, like, Sasha Kaye, I believe, or closer to that. Supergirl picks him up. She's like, it's okay, I got you, which is uh, from the first Superman one. Um, Superman, like, Lois, she's in the helicopter, falls off the building, he catches her. Like, it's all right, miss, I've got you. You've got me. Who's, Who's got, got you? you? Yeah. It was, it was subtle, and I liked it. I'm like, Got it. Yeah, you, it. you're like, ha! You you audibly made noise. <laughs> or even like the Keaton one. was like, how much do I? <laughs> Great callback. Like he just whips out a tape measure. He's like, I didn't figure this for more than just me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hmm. He's just like, he has his like 1980s technology and I love it. I that. love it. I wish I could actually see the, the Batmobile drive. They're like, look at it. Isn't it cool? I'm like, yeah, let's see it do something. Nope. And windshield wipers. I don't know if I noticed that, but. Yeah. I mean, if the. If you give me like the Keaton cut of this movie, it'd be great. Half hour in out, perfect. He's in it. And I, I like uh, they kill him a couple of times. Barry keeps on going back and trying to fix it. Yeah, and I I liked it. It's like you know I, I can bring you back. It's like you already did. I'm like fuck yeah, man. That that works. Mm-hmm. There's stuff in this movie that works. Some of it does, and some of it yeah. really doesn't. Yeah, I think the stuff that really doesn't is not able to be lifted up by the stuff that really does. So that's where I land. The other thing that made me really laugh, I was not supposed to laugh at this. It reminded me a lot of The Dark Knight Rises uh, when the younger version of Barry dies. Like He just whips his head back. Oh, yeah. He's just like talking. This, just like, uh, uh. You, you actually <laughs> laughed out loud. I did. It reminded me of A Dark Knight Rises when a Marion Cotillard dies. Mm-hmm. It's Talia al Ghul. Yeah. Just like the same thing. She's just like, <laughs> it's just such a it's silly looking It's the slow knife that cuts the deepest. <laughs> Just gonna drop my head real fast. Yep, done and done. And it just look. It looks so fucking silly. Yeah, I'm like cradling, like gonna cradle like my younger self in my arms. <laughs> just fucking yeah. throw that head back. Love it. Not good. Oh my god, that was so stupid looking. <laughs> All right, is that it. We didn't even talk about like the evil version that keeps on coming back. No, don't want to talk about that. That was bad. Yeah, he's all yeah. If he's so fast, maybe he should avoid all that shrapnel. Yeah, probably. Good idea. Just keeps on getting on. I did like that scene of Batman just going after that Tony and just bl- just latching bombs on like, yeah. every part of him and just jumping around. And I like how they still didn't have... Keaton still can't move his neck. Love it. No, yeah. He even just... Move, everything's in the shoulders. Shoulder turns all day long. Oh, we didn't even talk about this. I love that he's just hiding in a cupboard and comes out like a maniac. That was hilarious. Where's Batman? In a cupboard? He just pops out. You don't know how servant bells work. <laughs> just beat, just beats the shit out of them. Oh yeah. 
Uh, man, Keaton really grounded this movie for me. I forgave a lot because of Michael Keaton. Yes. Is, is this a good movie? Absolutely no. not. No. But I still had um, enough fun with it. The only reason I will ever watch this movie again is to watch the Michael Keaton stuff back. There might be some fast forwarding for me to get to that. Oh, I mean, that's why DVDs and Blu-rays have chapters. <laughs> that, well, you know, streaming will be like, yeah, we're just going to skip the first 45 minutes. Ooh, look, it's Batman. There we are. All right. God, I hope Clooney comes back. That'd be amazing. That was hilarious. And I also, oh boy, those the, fucking, the, the Snyder asshole, bros are mad on Twitter about that. The asshole sitting next to me goes, are you ready to have your socks blown off? And then that happens. I'm like, oh, but then I was like, why would you do that? Why couldn't you just keep your mouth shut? There were like eight people in the theater. You had to talk right during that moment. No one heard me but you. You had to talk to me during that moment. Also, a very pointless end credit scene. <laughs> it just lets you know that Aquaman 2 is still going to count. <sighs> but you know what? Do you remember uh, it got leaked that Affleck shot some stuff for Aquaman 2? Yes. Because we won't be seeing that now. Probs not. I did, and you could tell that was like his last... I just like that they gave him like he gets in the car and there's just like that one extra beat of look at me. Yeah. You see maybe some other time. You see Jennifer Lopez put like a thirst trap photo of him? I did not know. He is so jacked and ripped. He was Batman. Oh my pulling out the phone for this. This is the exception. I'm not gonna do that. See, I'm proving to you that I can do this. <laughs> I should my wife like she was like, That's definitely just a dick pic that he sent her that uh, he just cropped or that she cropped. Oh wow. He's fifty. Oh my god. Yeah, that also is 100% a mere dick pic. They got cropped for Instagram. Yeah. You haven't taken- J-Lo daddy appreciation post. Wow. <laughs> there, there are other pictures you can scroll. I mean, that was the important one. Oh. Just him doing something. Uh, wearing, cargo ch- wearing cargo pants. Doing something else. More of the same. Sleeping. Yeah, no, we, uh, no, we, we looked up that photo for um, the, yes, the mere dick pic that got cropped. <laughs> oh, had to have been 100%. Yeah, that's a way to end the Flash review. All right, yeah, with a flash of Ben Affleck. <laughs> if you saw Gone Girl, you saw it. Nope, didn't see Gone Girl. Good movie. All right, there you go. It just comes. It's at the very end of the movie. They're just like, and here's Ben Affleck's dick for half a second. I'm like what? <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like he literally like, turns in the frame. And like hmm, there it is. Wong. All right, I do recommend Gone Girl as a movie though. Liked it. All right, there All you right. go. All right, we're gonna move on from there to letters to the editors. Lot of questions. Number one. Damn few answers. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Make it so. If you want to ask us your own questions, you can. Write them in to editors.comics at gmail.com. It's right there. It's an easy email address. Send it. I say it every week. What'd they send us this week? This one made me sad because it was like oh. one of those batch emails. Oh, no. This was the last one. I was like, no. All right. I like the batch emails. All right. In a fight, who would win? Red shirts or stormtroopers? Ooh, that's a good question. I th- I think I have... I have my opinion. I think it depends on the stormtroopers. I think it's definitely stormtroopers. And here's my one sole bit of evidence. Okay. We don't even get to see them do it. But when uh, the stormtroopers take out the Jawas and Obi-Wan's like, all these stormtroopers, yeah, that level of blaster accuracy, not quite the line, but close enough. And they just like wreck that one thing. And Obi-Wan's like, hey, I've heard they're good. We don't see them hit another goddamn thing. But there's that one scene. They at least do something. Yeah. They took out some Jawas and some old people. I think strength in numbers, too, also really benefit the stormtroopers here. The general ineptitude of the red shirts, like, but there are some really good red shirts. Like, are we talking about, like, the generic, you know. The cannon fodder. The cannon fodder. <laughs> the one where it's like, it's all of the, all right, we need to get an away team. 
three main cast members and you, Ensign, we've never seen it before. And won't see again. Oh, man, we lost another one. Yeah, I would say, because some Stormtroopers do survive, and they do, like, advance, and they do... I, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think Stormtroopers, I think they have the upper hand. They have more weapons at their disposal than just their blasters. They've got, like, you know, other things. And clearly, the Stormtroopers are decent enough at their job. I mean... The stormtroopers did help win the Clone War for the Empire. We could, we're saying stormtroopers; those are clones. Clones, okay, but stormtroopers were good enough to help keep peace-ish throughout the galaxy and help conquer worlds, not with just Darth Vader. I'm gonna have to go. Like stormtroopers are more built for that. Red shirts are more on a peacekeeping and exploration mission. Stormtroopers are bred to kill. Stormtrooper. That's right. We're going. We're supporting the things that are based off of Nazis. I'm not supporting it. I'm just you asked for an answer <laughs> and I gave it to you. Yeah, I think in this very long, boring battle where it's mostly people just tripping over themselves, mm. the stormtroopers come out victorious. I think so, too. All right. That'll do it for this week. All right. If you enjoy the show, go to patreon.com slash editors no comics. A dollar a month gets you the show the day we record it. Plus, you get access to other stuff behind the paywall, including episode three of Pods of the Dark Tower. Yeah, it's totally up. Oh, this is like a month. This is like four fucking episodes in <laughs> a row in which I'm like, is it out? And you're like, oh, yeah, of course. I've just got to, you know. I had a week, man. It was a week. You had a week, yes. You had a week to put it out, and you didn't do that. <laughs> All right. Well, then maybe before the 4th of July, Pod to the Dark Tower will be out. Yeah. Episode three. Yeah. Uh, plus other cool stuff behind the paywall. Again, patreon.com slash editors note comics. Early access just, to this bad boy. Yeah. A dollar a month. Yeah. I'd like to be able to access Pod to the Dark Tower episode three. But it ain't happening yet, but it will. And you can also interact with the show. Rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can also interact with us on the show. Email us, editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. And Zach's on the social media. Just look up Editors Note Comics. Uh, next week, we at least got Secret Evasion, more Star Trek, and I don't know, maybe something else. I'm there, too. I'm on Twitter at Jimmy Oh, yeah, Rich. that's right. You are there, too. Yeah, just because I didn't have my phone out the entire episode to remind you that I have social media, <laughs> and I was checking in on the pulse of the people, but here we are. You did. You survived the whole episode I'd, without your phone. Yeah, I know. I did. Congratulations. Thank you. I gotta take that away from you next. <laughs> There's two of them. Ooh, they're like different. Stop. Oh god, please stop. Well, yeah, that, that, that's how you want to leave a podcast annoying people. Really makes them want to return for the next one. Back next week. Bye. Bye.